Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was like a kids TV show. You're like, oh, I know, like... Bad. <laughs> uh, I was reaching down to get what my knife. And I was like, oh, uh, that's the end of the music, is it? Okay. Um, <laughs> sods about that. Anyway, thank you for joining us tonight, guys. Alice McCarthy is wrestling daily with the one and only, the hot take machine, the ultra chat queen herself. Stephanie Chase is in the place. Oh, is that a Britt Baker t-shirt as well? Oh, my gosh. It came today. It is a Britt Baker t-shirt. Let me show you all. Yes. I love that. Awesome. I, mean, I love it. So I, I ordered. Shop as well. I know I ordered three t-shirts and literally yesterday I got two emails within 10 minutes of each other one was your royal meal parcel is due to arrive tomorrow the other was AW has now opened an international store (laughs) 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 but anyway it just took a bit longer to come but I love it so 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 much and I wanted to wear it tonight because it's AW day it's Thursday yeah, that's the thing, like, with, um, and this is WWE as well, like, whenever there's a shirt I want, it's never in, like, the European store. So, I just brought um, Sami Zayn's dancing one, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, again, because it's from Pro Wrestling Tees, it's going to be, like, I don't know, three weeks or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, but worth the wait. It always is. I love Absolutely. that shirt. Absolutely. I love that And I saw today that they have released on Pro Wrestling Tees um, the classic Brian Pillman t-shirt now that Dark Side of the Ring is out. Ooh. So I'm like, oh, I've got to be ordering from Pro Wrestling Tees again. <laughs> Just sending your money in. And uh, yes. as much as I love your shirt, I'm actually in my get up work clobber. Um, mm. I was back in the office today. Uh, for the first time in like eight months, I was at Talksport HQ, so that was kind of cool. And like, I'm going to be doing my wow. show on Monday in the actual studio, which is nice <laughs> as well. So, oh my yeah. gosh, that's that's nice. I mean, I hope I never go to an office again in my whole life. But if <laughs> you enjoy it, that's today. nice. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it's like a nice change of scenery. Um, yes, once in a while. Don't, don't tell anyone who lives here but i um <laughs> i i do enjoy um being in the studio particularly because obviously like mm-hmm. i can do like our job we can do our jobs from home right steph we can interview yes. people we can write but like being in a show with your co-host in the studio with the proper setup like it is better than mm-hmm. you know 
trying to do it from home. So I am uh, I am looking forward to that. Steph said it at the top of the show. It is Thursday, which means it's AEW Day. We are going to get into blood and guts and all of the goodness. Uh, well, the good, bad and the ugly, if you believe Twitter, from last night. Um, man, uh, it's, I didn't get to watch it live last night. I was saying this to Steph just before we came live. Because I had such a full day today, I needed to sleep. And um, mm-hmm. I obviously, I was getting the train this morning. I looked at Twitter. I was like, oh, my God. God, like everyone was just going crazy about it. And I was like, I didn't really understand. And there, there were people making arguments like, what, did you want Jericho to kill himself? And then there's lots of people going, I don't think anyone said they wanted him to kill himself. And it was just like, I, I thought, oh, whatever. I checked again after lunch and it was even worse. I was just like, what, what is going on? Um, so we will get into everything that went down with that and some opinions that have been flying around. But as has always become custom, we will start with the titular news. Um, again, before I do that, quick reminder, tomorrow I'll tell you who is in the house. Adam Pearson is co-hosting tomorrow. The man himself will be alongside me on Friday and the week after Joe Holbert from Fightful, from The Distraction, will be here on a Friday as well. So that you know, Very cool. Up. Um, Steph's in the place. So please get your ultra chats in. You know the deal. WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Uh, tell Steph what you think. She's going to have plenty of opinions about Blood and Guts today. Do you want to counter? Do you want to elaborate? Do you want to echo what Steph has to say? Whatever it is, get it into us and let us know what you thought about Blood and guts or anything for that matter. We're an open canvas here at Wrestling Daily. Uh, and while they're here, mm-hmm. Steph, they should obviously subscribe and give us a thumbs up. They should subscribe, <laughs> give us a thumbs up. We're chasing that 15k. Getting we really are. We actually are. We're, we're not. We're not that far away. But we're on the road to 12k already, which is quite nice. Um, speaking nice. of on the roads to Steph, you had a very successful 1k party last week. I, I don't did. think we've spoken since then. No, we haven't. Yes, you were one of my guests. You were my first guest. You helped get the party started. It was so so much fun. It's a two-hour party with um, six wonderful guests. We had yourself. We had Alistair. I know was on the show last week. Yeah. We had Benno. We had SP3. We had um, Sean Lossap, and we had Kenny McIntosh. Um, it was oh, yeah, really lineup. really good fun. Yeah, it was a really great lineup. We all swapped um, some really fun stories. All you know, got to hear great stories from every single person, and some crazy stories from my life. So yeah, it was it was awesome. And once again, thank you for being a part of it and kicking it off with me. No, thank you for the invite. Look how well connected you are, huh? All these, <laughs> all these good. Uh, I love. What that can question. I say, Alex? What can I say? <laughs> it's a good reflection of you that you kept good. Everyone. Company. Is a Steph Chase fan. <laughs> I'm universal. I wish that was true. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all, Steph? Don't we all? Let's, we do. Uh, let's get into the titular news then, as we mentioned. And as you will have seen, um, I mean, it sounds worse than it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I didn't write the title. Um, so essentially, it very different to this. <laughs> essentially, people getting refunds. For blood and gut. Steph, uh, you broke it down for me. Do you want to break it down for everyone else? 
Yeah, so obviously they had a live crowd in attendance, but the Blood and Guts match was the only actually live match. The other matches had been pre-recorded. So um, at, I think at the start of the event, Tony Khan came out and said, hey guys, it's only Blood and Guts live, which is something that had been publicized before. Um, we're going to play the other matches that we've taped on a big screen, react like you're watching them because the crowd noise will be live. But if you are not happy with that, you can get a refund. If you thought that you were getting a full card of five, six matches, whatever, and you're unhappy, you can get a refund. And five people took him up on that offer. Five people out of over a thousand, like how many were there? So yeah, it's like a, it's a complete non-story. I mean, you could be a chancer and just ask for a refund. I'm surprised it was only five people. If Tony can't give away free money here, come on. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I, I would have been unhappy and I still would have been like, you know what? I could take my money back though. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. You see that it shows all the time. Like I know in at WWE, um, especially like at high shows, if they advertise someone big and something happens, they can say, hey, we put so-and-so in the poster. If you're not happy, you can get a refund, like all of that. So it's just a, I don't know, a usual practice thing. It's qu quite nice for them to offer a refund, really, because <laughs> you got like the epic blood and guts matches. But yeah, um, as I see Chris saying, like five people seems like nothing. It is nothing, it is nothing. in the yeah. scheme of it. Like that's probably one greedy family. <laughs> so yeah, I, w I wish I knew who these five people were. I wonder if they are. I know. Like, a group. Hey, if you're one of the five people, call in and we'll we'll see. If you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, absolutely let let's uh get into blood and guts itself right um that that was obviously the news and as steph uh alluded to there yes blood and guts the actual match itself was the only one on the show of course it was over you know about 45 minutes long it's not as if they were short changed per se um but there was a lot more that actually happened on the show and i'm not just saying this i, I really thought it was a great show after i'd watched that first hour I was like, wow, and Blood and Guts is still to come. Do you know what I mean? It felt really, uh, I felt invigorated heading into that second hour. So let's get into some of the stuff that did happen. Now, to open proceedings, I think I have made it clear, I very much like John Moxley and Eddie Kingston as a team. I'm very, very <laughs> clear on this. Um, they went off against Nakazawa, who who I do find actually wildly entertaining, alongside Kenny uh, Omega, and of course, the belt collector himself. Um, you know, it was good stuff. Uh, Moxley and Kingston, of course, got the victory. A lot of the story would come after the match, Steph. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. Um, I think the in interesting thing to note about this show, alongside it being blood and guts, this was our first, first real road to double or nothing show uh, that where we got a lot of... Um, answers to what might be in the card the card is definitely taking shape so in this match yes you had at the start they said that Kenny wasn't there and it was going to be Nakazawa by himself and he looked all scared but evil Kenny he comes and he attacks Moxley who was wearing a lovely green hoodie um with the AW championship and then we get into the match there were some dirty tactics all around. At one point, Nakazawa was choking Kingston with his lanyard, and the referee was just like, oh, I need to stop. And I'm like, that that should be a DQ. 
you know you know at work people that wear lanyards are just they are not not the ones like and michael nakazawa he is that guy but yeah i thought it was a good match um we had the young bucks coming out at the end and i think with what we heard from kenny later in the show i think the double or nothing direction for the young bucks looks pretty clear with the team of moxie and kingston would you agree i mean that seems like the collision course. I said I wanted this from the jump, right? Moxley and Kingston yes. into that tag title picture. So uh, to me, yeah. you can imagine I'm watching it thinking, great, <laughs> I'm going to get what I want. <laughs> so cool. Beat them down, Young Bucks. I don't care. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to see that. So very happy. I hope that is the direction we're going in because I do think mm-hmm. the dynamic of uh, Moxley and Kingston together, like, um, you, you put the titles on them and you can weave more stories in there. I think they'll be ridiculously entertaining to watch. I just don't know. I think Renee is like six or seven weeks away from giving birth now. So I just don't know where Moxley's going to, you know, he's, I don't know if he is going to take time off or if that ever was the idea. I have no idea. So yeah. um, it'd be interesting to see where they go with that. But if you're, you know, if we're saying double or nothing is Bucks and Omega and, uh, sorry, Bucks and Moxley and Kingston. Oh, I mean, I'm all in. Yeah, I mean, I think when, once we get through the show, I'll give you some of the other ideas of what I think are going to happen regarding the the different pictures we have going on. Mm-hmm. But I think that Moxley and Kingston, yeah, I think they're going to be great opponents for the Young Bucks. Like, I'll be honest, I wanted Kingston Omega to happen. But I think that that is something that is more suitable if Moxley isn't around, because I kind of feel like, well, okay, well, why would you give the Omega match to Kingston if his best mate, you know, is the one that he took the title off, that kind of thing. So if Moxley is going to take a little break, maybe we'll get a big dynamite match where it's Omega Kingston, but mm-hmm. Omega, uh, sorry, the Young Bucks and Moxley and Kingston, I'm definitely all in on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, the other thing we might as well touch on while we're here on Omega, right, is Orange Cassidy. Mm. Now, there was the yeah. back and forth between the two. Kind of looks like that's what's happening at Double or Nothing for the AEW World title. Strange that we've got Orange Cassidy and Puck next week, really, um, you know, with yeah. the title eliminator, because it looks like we have set up for Orange Cassidy. Um, and I can kind of, I, I mean, I, I was a little bit, I don't know if I was surprised, but the more I thought about it, like, yeah, there's going to be a full crowd at Double or Nothing. I can well imagine them getting into Orange Cassidy being the underdog against Omega. I can well imagine they will carve out a great match and one that uh, I don't anticipate he beats Omega, by the way. But I do think it'll be a nice kind of um, nice way to keep Omega ticking over for now. I See, I was not surprised because I had actually said on my little Blood and Guts pre-show that I thought Orange Cassidy was Kenny Omega's opponent. And I know that's not confirmed, (laughs) but I said that. And I I can justify why I thought that, you know. So I thought that because, firstly, we saw the Hangman take the the loss last week. And that meant Hangman was out of the, the title picture, out of the running to be Kenny's opponent. Thank yeah. God, because that does not need to happen yet. So I felt that this this um, defense for Kenny is going to be a very almost like what they you know what they do in WWE when you're you're you have a defense where it's it's one where the the challenger is not going to win. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like a bit like when um, Moxley chal- or Mister Brody Lee challenged Moxley 
Right. But the main event of the pay-per-view was Stadium Stampede. So anyway, I thought Orange Cassidy was in the perfect person. I thought he would have a really good match with Kenny. It'd be interesting. And then when you add in like the news coming out this week that we're going to have a full crowd, Orange Cassidy's the perfect person to do in front of yeah. a crowd. So I thought that it really made sense. Now, I guess when we get even later into the show, I have other thoughts and wonderings about the rest of the card, but I definitely thought that Kenny wasn't necessarily going to be like the the main event of this card because it is a, it's an interesting such difficult situation that they've booked themselves into making Kenny this strong belt collector figure. And yeah, it feels like you can't like sacrifice a Moxley again, taking a loss. And so I think Orange Cassidy's the perfect guy, really. I mean, moving along on this card, um, we had Cody defeat QT mm-hmm. Marshall. Now, again, the post-match stuff is probably more important. It looks like Cody Rhodes is going to continue feuding with the factory because Anthony Agogo got on the... Re- I don't know why they've dressed him like a... <laughs> he looks like, you know, like, I think that's what Americans think the archetype of an Englishman is, you know, like with the, the hat and, and like the waistcoat. Like Rich Holland was doing that in NXT as well for some reason. They're, I don't know. They are leaning so hard into Anthony Agogo being English. I know. Um, it's 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 a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> but like, why every time there's an English but they go right, get the flat cap on and uh, I like waistcoat. flat cap governor. He talks yeah. cockney, and then we even saw flag at the end. So. They they leaned hard. <laughs> Matthew Ledesma makes a great point. I think Americans are like, oh yeah, Peaky Blinders, yeah. Even though that's yeah. set like God knows when. Um, well, yeah. if you're gonna do something like that, I think they should have made him a wizard so he can be Harry Potter. Sure, sure. You know why not? Whimsical. Um, I I don't know. Like with um, I don't mind the gut punch that I've seen a lot of people kind of go. Oh, it's different. I've never seen anyone do that and by the way if you ever have been punched in the gut by someone who knows where to punch you and can hit you hard that shit hurts it hurts a lot so um don't get it twisted it's a real real thing um duty marshall losing before he gets any steam i guess um and i again i've seen people be like did he really need to lose this if he's just kind of getting going but two things i guess how many losses would cody realistically eat um, you know, and I and I and I think there's other people in the factory they want to get Cody to rather than QT. I think QT was just the gateway. Um, and I had no illusions that I don't think that QT was going to go on and be like this. Do you know what I mean? I don't think this whole thing yes. is about getting QT Marshall over. So I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. And it looks like again, Cody's problems with these guys is not done. Be interested to see what he can do with a go go if that's what they're they're looking at. Yeah, I think that QT. Being the leader, he's just like the figurehead, really. It's all yeah. about a go-go. And him having this match with Cody, I, I didn't mind that QT at the loss here. Um, I didn't expect him to win. And I think that another double or nothing match might be Cody and Anthony Agogo. And if we're talking about people maybe taking paternity leaves if he wants to deliver that punch to Cody at the end of the match and then Cody goes off for a a while that would be one heck of a way to truly get a go-go over and establish him so if they know that he can 
go in the ring for a full full match because we haven't seen him do a proper match. That's not what he had. So if they know that he's ready to go and if Cody's, you know, willing to put this guy over like that, that we could make another huge star. And for the UK market, (laughs) you know, that's (laughs) he is he is from the UK. I'm surprised he was he wasn't the person that made the the international like shop announcement and all (laughs) that kind of thing. Like yeah. But um yeah, I, I I think I really want to see what more he can do. I still like the punch, um, but we'll see how uh, how fatal it is in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, everything that I know, and I I know Anthony fairly well. Like before he signed for AW, he'd been on my show as just like a wrestling. Is fan he the person stuff. that punched you in the gut? No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be here today, Steph. I wouldn't be here today. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, but yeah, he he um. I, from speaking to him, I know how hard he has been working behind the scenes and obviously at the factory. Mm-hmm. And uh, even Cody has said to me in interviews before, and I think they do this when they speak to like a UK outlet because they think that's what you want to know. Um, but he was saying about how much he's come on and he's like a project signing for them and they had high hopes for him. So it strikes me as something that Cody wants to do with him um, mm-hmm. and they can they can really establish him. He's got real pedigree. And obviously, yeah, as a compatriot, I, I hope big things for the guy. Um, and I do think he has, like, the look, the build, the you know, the, 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 the credibility and stuff. As long as he can go in the ring, he's got every chance to be, to be very good. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Delon Grant. And I'm Francesca Ramsey, and together we host the podcast Let Me Fix It. Each week we explore something from the past and then we pitch how to fix it for today. But forget about the past. Let's talk about the new show of the moment. Delon, did you get a chance to watch the new Queenie trailer I sent you? How dare you send me this amazing <laughs> show that took me back to every messy breakup I've ever had? Thank God I had you through my twenties. Now you could not pay me to go back and relive those days, but thankfully we will be living as Queenie navigates her messy 20s all episodes of queenie premiere june 7th streaming on hulu ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With that segment as well, though, we did see Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, which is an interesting tandem, by the way. Uh, assault Darby Allen. Yeah. yeah. 
that I thought this was really good. I thought this was the best Ethan Page um, has been. I think Ethan Page is a little bit uh, divisive because I hear some people say he's great character, he's great promo. I see other people not think that at all, like find him more in the annoying really? side. I like yeah, I this like is that. like... I, I see, find it very split when I ask people's opinions on him. Like I like him a lot, but I thought this was the, the best that he'd done because obviously him and Darby had this feud in the past, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comment from Mike Laundry. Uh, Juju's wow. butt is probably in the five of butts I want to see in AW. For those unaware, there was a bit of crack on. Um, what about well, we'll get, what crack. about uh, what about Dax? We saw the full thing. Sure, Literally. I mean it was it was Bum City for some reason. Um, it, it absolutely was. It felt <laughs> like I was watching a nineties Shawn Michaels match. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, they had a feud in the past, but it's not something, you know, it was in Evolve. It wasn't in a like WWE or even an impact, something that a lot of people would have seen. So I think that when when Ethan Page looked like he was going after Darby, there was a lot of other oh, rehashing that feud. So I liked that when Ethan Page just came out and said <laughs> that's another good comment sorry <laughs> when Ethan Page just came out and said I'm not going to talk about matches that nobody has seen um, instead you know I'm going to talk about the scars that I gave you he said that Darby's face paint covers off scar from Ethan Page so yeah I thought that was really good it played on their history but then gave us something new he was basically saying I'm erasing the history and we're starting again and I'm going to hurt you again and it looks like Darby will not be in the best condition for his big match that he has next week yeah absolutely um for, for the record KD window cleaner I mean there were refunds so <laughs> like I hear you but there were refunds uh also I mean moving along in terms of the Darby Allen story to double or nothing is this a tag with Sting you know, uh, or are we heading to, is it more Ethan Page for the TNT title? I think that we are heading to a tag with Sting because I think that Darby's days are numbered slash Miro, over. Miro coming through, you think? Miro. I think that Miro Day is upon us. Miro Day is next Wednesday. Main event, Dynamite. I think he's holding up that belt when the show goes off the air. I really, really do. I think the trigger will be pulled. I think Darby has done an, a great job as TNT champion. He really he really has, especially in the past couple of weeks, once we got out of Revolution, when he wasn't just focused on that match. He's really become a great fighting champion. But, and I know Miro Jay wants it more than anything, Miro Day is coming and it's next Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I am ready for Miro to to assert himself. Yeah, I do too. feel like how we've gradually got here. Um, you know, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah," but I, I think they already had a lot of stuff in place. I've said this before. Miro's yeah. kind of had to come in, bide his time, and he's gradually got into it. And I think he's looking great now. And I, th it would feel right if he won it now, which is always a good sign, right? It's not going to feel forced. It's not you know too early or too late. I feel like no. Miro is just picking up steam 
at the right time. Who would you have as Miro's opponent at Double or Nothing, though? Oh, that's hard. I mean, I wouldn't give it to Kip. Um, I know he's injured at the minute. Um, I wouldn't do that rematch. Um, I would maybe have Lance Archer as a face go after him. Super Lance. Um, yeah. I, I Lance, you know, turning again. He's always looking for something to do. Why not go after Miro? That would be a great big guy match, I think. Um, I think they'd really deliver something very different on the card, just two big guys going at it. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Next up, we had Britt Baker. And uh, I absolutely love Britt right now, right? Like, um, I mean, I loved her anyway. But the way, like, she has a presence now, I feel like, as soon as she comes out from her entrance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, she's screaming star to me. Um, she picked up a quick victory over Julia Hart, I believe. And yeah. obviously, it's just really intended to keep her momentum going for double or nothing. We know we're heading to her and Sheeda. Again, I have to think it's it's Britt Baker's time. I have to. It, I mean, why wouldn't you put it on her right now? This is absolutely Britt Baker's time. And now they're going to have that full crowd. Sheeda, I think she's made the mistake of saying that she wants to all she wants is to defend this against a crowd because uh, in front of a crowd because I think that she gets she gets out there in front of the crowd as a champion and it's like, well, yeah, you did it. You did defend in front of the crowd, but you lost because Britt Baker, it's definitely her moment. It's a really good time to put it on her. Just like Miro, they've waited with her. They've built her so, so well. Um they've they're waiting for the right moment and it's now. I see a lot of people talking in the chat about uh, AEW's number possibly being 1.6 million. Um, I, I haven't, I've just had a little scour. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, obviously, I hope it is. But um, typically, the number comes out right at the end of our show. Um, so, yeah. Stay posted. I'm not going to scream or cry until it's official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I haven't seen Saving anyone. my emotions. I haven't any. I haven't seen anyone drop that number yet. So uh, let's let's see where we're at uh, moving forward there. And anyway, back to blood and guts. Then we had a four-way tag team eliminator match. Right, we had the acclaimed who came out, and that is uh, Tony Khan was not wrong when he said about that. I rap. know. A couple yeah. of those lines were cutting, uh, to say the least. Uh, and also we had Jurassic Express, the Varsity Blondes, and we had SCU. Now, I guess you could have telegraphed the SCU win just because of the story they're in right now, right? It makes yeah. sense because next time they lose, they're done. Um, but still, I, I, get, I felt like it, you know, it did what it had to do. And I really did enjoy the acclaims uh, and their entrance. Me too. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, it was one where the result was obvious. Um, I'm glad SCU won. And I honestly think they're taking the titles. May sound a little bit wow. crazy. But this is what this is what I was alluding to when we talk about the Bucks, uh, Moxie and Kingston. I think that that is a non-title match happening at the pay-per-view because I think SCU are going to take the titles. And then I think... We're, I don't think they're going to have a long reign, but I think they're going to move the tag titles out of that whole um, Omega Moxley elite picture. 
Right. And we're going to have a couple of weeks, well, more than a couple, but a month or two of SCU being great defending champions, kind of taking on all comers until they finally have to retire. And maybe it will be the young bucks that take it back off them and be the villains that end it all for them. But I, um, I would put the titles on SCU. It's a bold strategy, also, Cotton. I mean, like the, go on. Well, the Young Bucks storyline, you know, now they've they've aligned with Omega. They're being evil, awful, horrible people. They aligned with Omega because they Don Callis bit at them by saying, you're not the Young Bucks that you used to be talking all this rubbish to them, even though they're the champions. So wouldn't it be just poetic if they, now after aligning themselves, that's how they lose the championship. This dark side turn actually ends up costing them. And then they become the figures in the elite where it's like, uh, you guys lost the belt, so are we really friends? Mm. And I also think, thinking about it even more, a great team to take the titles back off SCU would be right. the Good Brothers, because then the Good Brothers would be like, we did it, you didn't, go to the back of the limo. Ooh, yeah, that would be some some interesting in-house fighting if that were to happen. Mm. Um, oh, man. Uh, I, I don't know with SCU. I mean... Like, obviously, they were the first champions, so I kind of feel like a little part of me is like, they've had their sunshine, right? But at the same time, (laughs) you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, it's one of them where if it helps to get someone else over in the long run, maybe, and if it ties up that story Mm -hmm. with the Young Bucks, and it sounds more interesting than just the Young Bucks retiring them, basically, as a team. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... uh... I don't know. I, I I could. I just feel like maybe the Bucks have got too much steam and their characters are on a roll too much. I don't know if I see it. I don't know. But I mean, like, it's a good thing that they have options, right? Like, there's a yes. lot of good things that they yeah. can do in that direction. Um, yeah. Momentarily, we are going to get into blood and guts. The match itself. Um, Let me tell you this, though, before we do that. We want your Ultra Chats. We want your opinions, too, guys. I know it's me and Steph here, but please do get your Ultra Chats into WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. You've got some hot takes. You have some opinions that we need to dissect about blood and guts. Get them into us, and the Mod Mother will get them over. We will get them on screen. Um, So make sure you do that on this set half of the show so without further ado let's talk about the main event um now before i I break it down in 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 terms of what's happened and and all of that stuff i'll start i will just say this as a prefix i really liked it it was a dogfight. it was a war it was everything that i wanted it to be it was brutal it was um you know there was some real standout performance i thought sammy did great throughout with his intensity and his selling and his heart. I thought FTR were magnificent. Um, I could just do this about everyone. But in particular, <laughs> Pride and Powerful as well, I thought were amazing in this setting. Um, you know, even, even to the point where, I mean, Hager and Wardlow, even Hager was good. But um, to me in particular, FTR, uh, Pride and Powerful and Sammy, even more so than Jericho and MJF for me. They they were the stars of the show, in my opinion. Um, things that weren't great. Uh, the cha- I don't have I don't have so much of a problem with the chair shots to the head as everyone else does. I mean, if they're like anything in wrestling, 
and this is important to remember, if it looks bad but is safe, then I'm all for it. That is pretty much the definition of pro wrestling, right? Anything you do within it is meant to look devastating and real, but as long as it's safe, that's like the primary thing, right? As long as you keep everyone safe, it's fine. I don't know if the chairs are gimmicked or whatever it is. You'd hope that they know more now with concussions and stuff. To, I hope they're gimmicked. Well, I don't know how you do it, but I hope that it wasn't just a clean shot that it was. Regardless of that, if you are going to eat a chair shot to the head, maybe don't cut the camera away as it happens. You know, like it, it, they did the camera. It really took away from the impact of that for me. Um, two, I don't know if they can help this because obviously it's on free TV, which is a great thing in and of itself. Wardlow's comes into the match and it's a break. Right. So he's just in. And yeah. to me, uh, it was Steph, you know this. We both know this. We're big Wardlow fans. That could have been a really impactful moment. Maybe it was. We don't know. Um, because he's like the biggest muscle in the match almost. So I feel like that would have been a bit of a moment that we were kind of took from us. But I understand. I'm not going to like, you know, bemoan it too much because at the end of the day, there's ad breaks. Can't avoid all of it. Um, and the third one is obviously the obvious one. Uh, the camera angle for Jericho coming off the top. Anyone who has a problem with there being safety stuff in, in place for Jericho is crazy. Like, he's a 50-year-old man taking a big bump, a really big bump. You would hope there'd be... If there wasn't protective stuff there, we'd all be losing our minds. Going like, what are they doing? It's like Jeff Hart, Matt Hardy all over again. Um, I, was I was losing my mind anyway. Carry on. But Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, there has been other angles shared on Twitter today where it, you, you would have took it as fine. Right. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the uh, it's like the wide shot where you can actually see Jericho coming off the top, yeah. lands through it. You can't like dissect it and be like, does that look like a crash pad? Like it, it just looks much better. Um, I, I just feel like the camera angle or immediately on Jericho didn't help. And I feel like a lot of people were a bit like, ah, I still like the ending where like, and again, I've seen con contrasting opinions on, on everything, really. I liked Sammy kind of begging him not to do it, right? And being like, we surrender, like, you know, don't don't go that far. And then MJF does it anyway, which is, you know, which is very much in keeping with MJF. I'm all cool with that. Uh, in fact, I'm cool with the whole thing. Like I said, I liked it. I just feel like those three things would have took it from really great to, like, phenomenal. That's just me, Steph. What about you? Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, it really got me the the whole the whole match. But okay, my only issue is is production issues. Okay, that needed sure. a different camera angle on that bump. That's the only thing I can say about that bump is change the camera angle. There's no way I'm gonna go into listen to anyone that's like thinks that they had too much padding, whatever you want to call it. No, yeah. the minute he started climbing that cage I nearly turned my tv off I was that scared so <laughs> you know <laughs> that's that I'm really glad he landed on a lot of stuff I just would have changed the camera angle absolutely as far as like the match the ending I really really loved it um they everyone on it looked really really good and you mentioned everyone and they did have great audience especially the guys that um aren't the exact focal points like Jericho yeah. and MJF. I thought like uh, Santana and Ortiz coming in 
excellent. I thought that Sean Spears delivered. Um, no, he really wanted to make a statement. I think he did. Uh, I thought he was great. Wardlow, absolutely no commercials when Wardlow is on TV ever, please. That shouldn't <laughs> that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> but what can you do? It's TV. But when it got to the point where the pinnacle were completely beaten down and the inner circle were standing strong, I was so wondering what they were going to do and saying to my friend, like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Is someone else going to come in? Like, I was so, like, fully, fully invested in it. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there going, and Tully's on the outside. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, like, shout out to Tully Blanchard. I love that man. He is so cool. He is so great. I can't believe this is someone that was never, that was not utilized for so many years. Absolutely. Yeah. He should have been on TV for the last two decades. But anyway, um, so when Tully, you know, got the keys and then MJF started climbing, I'm like, oh, this is the way this sneaky guy is going to get out of this one. Um, and then when, yes, when Jericho started climbing the cage, I was very worried about what was going to happen. But I think that the ending that they went for, was perfect because the inner circle, whether they're heels or faces, they are a real faction that sticks together and there's not dissension. The only dissension caused was when they brought in MJF. And when they brought in MJF, it was Sammy. He was the one that felt the most strongly about it because as I've said before, like Sammy, like it's like a, a son relationship between him and Jericho is like father and son and you don't want to see your dad suddenly turning up with some other kid especially like a mean bully like MJF and all of a sudden favoring him so I always completely understood why Sammy was annoyed with with what happened and now Sammy's back and then seeing MJF go to do this terrible thing of course Sammy had to say no we we submit and I think that was a really great way to end the match that worked for their storyline and then NJF going ahead and throwing him off anyway that was the ultimate he is the biggest heel now he has gone that was the moment in a tv show where the villain does something they can't come back from um and i think it will mean that the feud can continue and kind of get even more heated if possible because MJF has done this really, really terrible thing and how the inner circle are going to react. The only thing I'm not sure about now is I really thought with my theory on Kenny going for a lesser, let's say, match at the pay-per-view that it was going to be a big Jericho MJF match, but how long is Jericho going to be away for? Mm, these are the questions. Uh, A-Shock makes a good point here that I'll let you counter. Sammy looked like an idiot for taking MJF's word after the forfeit when he was the one who did not trust him from day one. Is it one of those things where he was in an impossible position? I think he was in an impossible position, but I think that also um, the idea of like, just chucking someone off a cage is really bad. And, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it really is, though. Like, Why is the Undertaker Mankind Hell in the Cell thing replayed so much? Because it was so shocking. So I think if we're looking at it kind of in this, you know, in a you know real life scenario, if if you're Sammy and someone's got your dad on a roof and is going to chuck him off, you would plead with them to say, please don't. But then you'd also think, really, like, they're not actually going to do it because it's so bad. But let's, you know, 
let's give in to them just in case they do. So I don't think he looked like an idiot. I think, like, what else was he going to do? He, he had to. He had to make this. He had to submit. Uh, Russell Scope says here, anyone that bitches about the ending spot and the safety needs to just stop watching wrestling and go away. Um, I th- I feel like maybe on Twitter it got lost in translation, right? Like people were moaning about the end spot just because of how it looked. Yeah. And I feel like as a result, some people were kind of like, oh, well, you know, what was you going to do? Like take the padding away or they shouldn't have had the padding. And then people kind of equated that to he should have just took the bump. I don't think anyone is saying yeah. Jericho should have fell flat on his back from 20 feet in the air to concrete. I don't think anyone in their right mind is saying that. No, I I think that that's the thing with Twitter. It gets very, um, it's either this or that, isn't it? It's either you, you like the bump and you're glad it was safe or you want him to fall on concrete when that's not, that's not what the debate should be. Really. No. I don't think it ever was, but like, it just kind of got out of control like that because so many people yeah. would seem to be displeased. Uh, as rest, as Wrestling Daily here likes to remind you, everyone is allowed to have their own opinions. Just be nice about it. Keep it clean. Don't spam. Uh, and no personal attacks. That is a rule of thumb. You want to be a good egg? That's what we encourage around here. Don't be mm-hmm. silly. Um, speaking of that, I see a lot of opinions online as well about Chris Jericho's performance. Now, I know <laughs> you're going to vehemently defend him. I can feel it already. Um, but... I, I do just want to make note of it because a lot of people brought it up. And I noticed a couple of things that I don't know if it's his performance as much as it is the production stuff again. Uh, you could see him calling spots at times, um, uh-huh. like, like directing traffic. Um, yeah. it, seems, it seems like the, the camera was kind of fixated on him at almost the wrong times. Do you know what I mean? Um, it, for a lot of it. There's a lot of people that were like, oh certainly because there were so many great performances in there. Was it Jericho's greatest performance? All that stuff. T- to me, watching it, having not read any of that, I didn't feel any of that apart from that, yeah, I did hear him call a couple of spots. Like, other than that, though, I don't think it was especially bad or sloppy or or anything. Sorry, something just went in my eye. Or something like that from him. Um, but I, I have seen a lot of people kind of call out his performance on Twitter today, which um, it's, it's a bit weird, really. Uh, I, I, yeah. I don't think he did anything particularly bad, but I do get that, you know, he there, there were some spots called and, you know, he was obviously trying to be the leader in there, as he should be. But um, he could have been helped out by the camera work again, I think. Yeah, I didn't see anything bad about his performance. I just saw production issues. I just, I just saw the camera being on at the wrong time. Um, which is something they need to figure out. I th- I think the ca- the there were production issues as far as like the camera, the camera cuts. But I have to say, the actual setting, everything. I thought it looked amazing. Like oh, great, great cage. It, it had yeah. a great cage. 
I liked the kind of pinky purpley lighting at the beginning. I loved how when MJF and Jericho went top of the cage, the visual of the blood and guts being projected on the screen behind them, I thought was really cool looking. And I thought that having the other faction members on the outside waiting to go in instead of being in like little shark cages on a ramp looked so much cooler. It mm. gave it this really good, um, like small, like underground, like fight kind of atmosphere but um not like a bad raw underground one but like a more authentic version of something like that where it felt like you could still feel the fans feel that they were in as somewhere the size of daily's place but then it was kind of nice and tight around it too and i thought it gave it a more intense feel than having the other participants far away yeah, I, I mean, I, I think another element of this match, which obviously played in heavy, was the blood. And um, I, I'm always someone that, you know, when WWE banned it, I, was, yeah. I, missed, I missed it a bit. Uh, and I know that it's like, that's kind of uh, like savage to think about. Like, oh, I wish people would bleed. Um, but I always, you know, there are some iconic moments and matches where blood really does add to it, right? So mm -hmm. uh, w once you lose that, it's a bit like, oh, man. Um they had it in spades here, um, you know, F FTR in particular, um, wearing crimson masks. And obviously MJF at the end, that kind of made for a visual as well. After he pushed off Jericho, mm -hmm. he still got the crimson mask. Um, again, another criticism was that that they had, that all people could tell when or that they had bladed. But I mean, okay, again, I, I understand that does take you out of the illusion a little bit. But I mean, how do you think it happens? I, I, I don't know. Like, I... I <laughs> I'm not like, again, I always feel like it's kind of misdirected. Like you can't be too mad at the performers unless they were actually standing there in the middle of the ring doing it. Uh, the, it's, the production side of it has to help them out, has to keep you, oh, wow, I'm getting animated, has to keep you uh, away <laughs> from what's going on. That's kind of the magic. Like WWE yeah. do that extremely well. When someone is hurt and doing that, the ref will be off with the other person. They'll be like, oh, and there'll be all sorts of stuff going on. Next thing you know, mate, he's covered in blood. Um I, I, you know, last night, I don't know whether they got that down pat. But, um, mm -hmm. again, like everything that I've said about this match, I can't stress this enough. I really enjoyed it. I know, I know yeah. some people watching this are probably thinking, oh, but that's just nitpicky things that I've noticed that other people have said yeah. uh, and we should address about the match. Because, to me, um, it's... It's one of them where I, I, I think it's a really great match. I hate putting stars on things. Um, I think it's a really great mm -hmm. match that with the right camera angles and stuff could have been like legendary, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. I think it was a really, really great match. And it's just it's just the production stuff is my negative. But I know that I felt like there was definitely a feeling on Twitter last night of people maybe thinking that it was a great first half and then a letdown yeah, in that. the second half and the ending. I didn't feel that way at all. That was definitely something that I I felt and read to the point where I was like, how much am I going to get attacked from my tweet saying how much I love the ending? But that happens. Look, I'm the girl that didn't mind when the ring didn't explode because <laughs> she was so happy that Eddie Kingston came out and then made up a whole storyline as to why Eddie Kingston kept selling, which is basically the storyline that they used the next week on Dynamite. So 
that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, it's like a very solid eight out of ten. I might even be able to go up from there. But I would, yeah. I would, I would, I definitely, you know, really did enjoy it. And and for a first, you know, it's essentially it's war games, right? But for their first yeah. try of their take on it, I'm actually, you know, mm -hmm. pleased with what they did. So very interesting. But like again, you said it. Where from here? Like this is um, for all intents and purposes, seems like. And I'm trying to talk slower now for. Uh, <laughs> For somebody who called me out in the chat for my uh, very fast-speaking British accent, that's not it. But it's just, that's the person who said it anyway. I can't understand this dude. Sorry, brother. I'm sorry. Um, so I think it it seemed like not the finality. It's not even a word of the feud. Yes. It yeah. felt like a chapter, and I I don't know where they go from here though because of WWE have kind of conditioned us to feel like you work your way up to those matches. It doesn't yeah. have to be the way it is, but if you're a long-time WWE fan, that's kind of what you expect. In this mm -hmm. instance, they've kind of... I love it that they were really ultra-aggressive with the backstage segments early on, you know, when the Pinnacle confronted... Yeah. Uh, sorry, Inner Circle confronted the Pinnacle. I thought that was excellent. They've obviously come straight in with Bloods and Guts. What do they do... Here now, Steph. Like, presumably, Jericho's babyface run has plenty of legs. Uh, yeah. event eventually, we're going to get to MJF and Jericho again. What do you think? You don't know, and I hate not having an answer, <laughs> but I was so, like, you know, saying that it would be MJF versus Jericho. I think that I thought that Jericho was going to headline double or nothing, probably against MJF, or if my wish him true mjf would be like you don't deserve me mate here's wardlow that Ooh. would be that would be a dream that's you and i just on the wardlow express that we are but yeah we are wardlow <laughs> express. get ready like the, the seats are filling up on this train and but, and it was hook's birthday the other day steph <laughs> it was like do you know oh, how many people told me that it was hook's birthday <laughs> Yeah, once I tagged you, I thought, she knows. She doesn't need me to tag her. She knew. <laughs> no, it, like about three people told me and then another friend told me. By the time he told me, I was like, I know it's Hook's birthday. <laughs> Everyone has told me. <laughs> Happy birthday, Hook. Um, yeah, I. so I thought that Jericho was headlining this pay-per-view. But Jericho took two weeks off after taking Wardlow's powerbomb off the stage. How many weeks then do you take off when you've been thrown off cage? I don't know. I'm confused. I'm not sure that, like, MJF versus Sammy sounds amazing, but I'm more looking to who would actually headline this pay-per-view. Yeah. And I don't think either of them are there yet. I think you need Jericho to be headlining. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know. But he, he could come back. He could just not physically appear on a dynamite and he could do things from home like he's done before and say, I'm going to make sure I'm healed by double or nothing. But honestly, I don't know where they go directly next. I just know that I better get that Wardlow-Jericho match. I want to see more for Proud and Powerful. At some point. Really bad. Yeah. Like, I really wish they were like properly in the tag team scene and maybe they will be when we come out of, you know when we come out the other side of this but um mm -hmm. 
I don't know, you know, maybe you filter it down the card and you have, you know, you, you partner people off maybe and do it that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's very hard to, to do like another team kind of matchup. Yeah, and I think if you're pairing people off, just because we've been talking so much about Wardlow, the thing with him is like you can't pair him with Jake Hager again, and that is yes. no disrespect to Jake Hager. I'm a huge Jake Hager defender, but it is one of the few Wardlow matches we've actually seen. And as much as they really like got together in in this because they're the two big guys, it's like Wardlow has to be given someone else. That's why I think it does kind of makes sense for MJF to to use Wardlow to go after Jericho instead of doing it himself. Let me tell you something about next week's Dynamite, right? So Miro is going for the TNT yes. title, right? We've got mm-hmm. Pac and Orange Cassidy in the Eliminator. Yeah. And we have John Moxley and Yuji Nagata for the IWGP United States Championship. Like... A week out, and they have that Gosh. stuff lined up. That is so refreshing to me. Like being able, being able to look forward to a card like that, and I do like. It's almost uh, NXT. You you may have may not have noticed have started to get better with that. Yeah. Now that they're on their own day, they're like, oh, you know, we're going to start lining some stuff up. And SmackDown is is normally fairly decent with that, wherever trickles down from Roman anyway. Um, Raw. Mm. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, for, for just a regular show, that's a great card. I, I, I love that Dynamite kind of never takes its foot off the pedal. It's so amazing um, how they can stack and keep giving us matches. Um, they barely ever repeat matches in AW. And I feel like as someone who does preview videos for Dynamite, I can't imagine doing it for any of the other main shows because even if they announce a couple of matches, they... They don't, A, don't announce enough and they don't do it like as early. And they're usually a lot of the time not matches that really have any rhyme or reason anyway. And with the AEW ones, like it all just makes sense. So it makes like previews and stuff like a lot easier to do. But I don't think Nagata's taking it back to Japan. Like you don't agree with Hector Rodriguez. No, no. Who do you think eventually does? I think Moxley loses it in Japan at yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. There you go. I think that's it. At Wrestle Kingdom. Wow. At Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. I want to go. <laughs> so bad. Oh, I'd love to go. It's on my, it's on my bucket list. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not as big a New Japan guy as, as most. I just watch the big shows like G1 and Wrestle Kingdom. But um, that is on my bucket list just to, you know, Tokyo Dome, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. We have an ultra chat here from John McNeil. And he says, do you think MJF hitting a concerto on Jericho would have had more of an impact in Sammy surrendering and people would not have been as disappointed with the finish? Um, you know, it's interesting. Comrade Thompson, you know, the podfather, everyone knows him, uh, put on Twitter today, is it time that people stopped falling from stuff in wrestling? And my thing has always been like, if it looks great and is safe, fine. Yeah. You know, Shane McMahon did it yeah. at WrestleMania from the head of the cell. I don't think many people complained. Um, but obviously, yeah. there was padding on the floor. Um, so, uh, again, with anything in wrestling, if it looks great but is safe, I'm on board. So, if you can do that, good. Um, in terms of... Uh, I, 
I mean, if they had done the concerto thing, people would have just ripped on it anyway. They would have gone, oh, WWE yeah. did that the other week. They would, just, you know, Roman's been doing that. So I just, I don't, I doubt, I don't know if that's the substitute. I don't think there's actually anything wrong with what they did, storyline wise. <laughs> what actually happened? It's just that bloody camera angle. That's all it really was. I think, and I feel like this is something that people will rip on me for saying, but I think that we're definitely too used to just some very bad uh, WWE stuff that seems really like kind of grand or effective or whatever. Like you're going to lose an eyeball, like, you know, who cares, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that AEW, so like they sacrifice, um, they 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 make the sacrifice of okay, we're gonna do this with with Jericho, where he he Sammy has to sacrifice and he gets pushed off because of the storyline bit that we want to tell. And people may say that's a bit of a bad ending, but it works in our overall like storyline artistic vision. And I think with the exploding ring thing, it, I think even if the explosions had have gone off, I think people would have still complained because I think they would have wanted an ending that was kind of different, like more brutal than the ending that AEW were really thinking of was going to be the emotional Kingston Moxley moment that is part of their like wider storyline. So, yeah. I, I just, I, I like, there's something to wrestling. I like brutality in wrestling, right, to a degree, right? Yeah. Like chaos and all of that good stuff. But you have to think, <laughs> it's pro wrestling, right? So, how brutal do you want it to be? Because the, the art of wrestling, honestly, like, is not to hurt. And, like, you know, not, you don't want people to be in pain. Like, obviously, people like Moxley and whatever in the, in the death match, you know, and they're going to hurt themselves to a point to, you know, put on a performance mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, you don't really want people to put themselves in heinous danger. Like you're watching the wrong thing. If that's, uh, if that's what you want. I, I, I always feel that's a weird, like balance. You have to strike the, the, the brutality that people expect and want. And it's wrestling. Yes. I mean, I think if MJF, like whatever he would have done, if he had pulled an explosion out from his trunks, people and threatened to blow up Jericho, people would have been like, this is lame. Like, I, I don't know what people were 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 looking for, but it was definitely, a, a, for a TV match, it was extremely violent. There was a ton of blood. You know, if you if you came looking for blood and guts, like, you definitely got that. Mm. What's going on here in the chat? People are talking about Stephanie as if she's Matt Riddle. What are you talking about? Stephanie does not pass. Stephanie does not partake in such things. She's a pro. What are you talking about? Um. Well, it might be my lighting. I definitely have a watery eye, but yeah. <laughs> but they're not red eyes, Steph. There you go. You're <laughs> and you, yeah, yeah. You're you're all good. Um. Let's take a look at the last minute ultra chat from Matty, the hot Scott. He says, "Hey, Alex and Steph, how are you? I'm good, Matthew." Steph. Oh, uh, I'm good, yes. <laughs> now you are acting I'm d- Sorry, I'm <laughs> really 
confused slash offended at those comments. Carry on. Yes. I mean, what are you meant to do to prove yeah. that hi? Um, Very. Sorry, I've been quiet. Been a busy week. It was his birthday, actually. Um, I knew the other day. So happy birthday, Maddie. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. I enjoyed Blood and Guts. I love a good brutal match. And that's it. <laughs> it's just, no question. No point. He's just saying that he likes it. So good for you, mate. I like it too. Good. Um, that, I mean, I was about to say, it's nine o'clock, Steph. Just like that. When did that happen? Like that. When did that happen? Um, what we got here uh, in the chat? <laughs> Hang on. Uh, I just saw a funny one from Tonal. SRS passed her on to his heroin dealer. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. She liked the stuff better than you're doing. Listen, the heroin, um, like I said, just a bit of heroin. Just a little bit. Don't go crazy. Just a bit. It's a bit. It's norish once you get going. Um, so, yes. Uh, don't worry about those comments, Steph. I'm sure they're just having fun. So strange. In their perverse <laughs> ways. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. It's been awesome uh, recapping the show and having all of you guys along with us. Really appreciate you. Um, it's been a great chat, Steph. We really delved in deep to AW. This is what we always wanted. Seems like, seems like the first show where we've actually just done a whole AEW dedication. It, it is the first one, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. There was no no WWE at all. <laughs> you, you almost said that with a hint of joy. Almost. 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 And you say that, I, I, and I, I saw your Instagram story earlier. Guys, you should follow Steph if you have not. Is it the same handle as Yes. Yeah, Stephanie M. Cheers. Yeah, as is my Instagram for that matter, but it's not half as fun. But anyway, Steph was working out today in a WWE <laughs> shirt. I saw it. I have, right, firstly, I have tons of WWE shirts. I have, like, I think 30 at last count. Was that but I was, a goodie bag WWE shirt I saw on you? That was a goodie bag shirt <laughs> and a hat, too. <laughs> yes. I love that. My, <laughs> missus, my missus still has half of my goodie stuff. She actually uses the bag. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps the drawstring bag she keeps it uh I, I have that too you know you know right guys thank you so much for joining us i'll be back here tomorrow with adam pearson making his debut as a co-host on wrestling daily but that's not all that happens tomorrow what else happens on friday night steph it's aw weekly it is my youtube at 11 30 p.m and it is going to be we are going to get deep into the blood and the guts. Deeper and deeper. Yes. Thank you so deeper much, guys. You see our handles on the top corners. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, trust me, we are very nice. Uh, and until next time, Steph will be back here on Thursday with me, 8pm. Until then, have a great weekend. See you later. Bye-bye. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.